Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. This past week, Jason preached in the morning service, and he took us down a road about boasting. Uh, We may use other words such as pride or arrogance, and really great lesson as it talks about uh, our inclination to want to boast and what God thinks about boasting. And I have heard all my life, and and I'm kind of glad you brought this up in the sermon, but you know, we're not to use the word pride whatsoever. But there are examples where the apostle talked about we were to boast. And so let's walk through the sermon, and then let's let's talk about some things. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we started with two foundational truths that human beings like to boast, and I I just encouraged the audience to open up their ears this week, and and you'll hear it all around you. We we boast in all sorts of things, but there is a very clear communication in both Old and New Testaments that God is not amused by that. In fact, he uses words like abomination or abominable. God hates human pride. And we spend a little bit of time exploring why. Really, that that ties in with several of our lessons that we've had already this year, that we are to live for the sake of God's name. He is the best. We are to bring our best for the sake of his name. But human pride has a tendency to take credit for what God has done, and it entices me to rely on me, not him. It it leads me to feel sufficient in my own strength, as if I don't really need his, and it discourages me from admitting that I might need anything at all, that I'm I'm weak in any sort of way. And we went back from there to Paul's letter to the Corinthians, really both of them, but primarily First Corinthians. There are all sorts of issues that the Holy Spirit leads Paul to address there in First Corinthians, and at the root of Pretty much all of them is pride. And so we spend a little bit of time surveying that. But then in the second half, I really tried to show, and I appreciate you highlighting it, Roger. Paul does not tell Christians, don't boast. He simply tells us what to boast in, not in our outward displays, not in our inner depths, but to borrow his phrase, the word of the cross. That's what turns our boasting right side up. And here's where I tried to tie it into our theme. It teaches us to boast in the best. Our theme this year at at Charlestown Road is bringing the best, and Paul encourages, challenges us to learn to boast in the best. And so in the last few minutes of the sermon, I just tried to lean on a few passages. What might it sound like to boast in the best? Back in Psalm 34, David says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Or in John chapter 3, we hear John the Baptist saying of Jesus, he must increase, 
but I must decrease. In Galatians 6, Paul says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He says in Philippians 1, Christ will be honored in my body. And finally, we visited Ephesians 2, by grace, you have been saved through faith. That is telling the truth, but it is boasting in the best. And and this is something that, especially in the makeup of males, is very, very hard because uh, we measure so often our self-esteem, our self-worth by what we accomplish. And so it's just built into our culture to brag. Uh, how many A's did you get? How many home runs did you hit? You know, are you on the honor roll? And, and, and so that, that's just, we just hear that all the time. It, it comes even among us in our fellowship. I mean, I've, I've heard preachers even talk about this. Well, this church was only size of 20 before I moved here. And now it's up to, you know, and as if they did it all, or I have baptized this year and, and they give you some number. And, and so this is something that's very real. And it's something that we can be caught up in very innocently without thinking about it, but our language betrays us if we're not careful and it's something we really got to work on. I, I think about the Lord's illustration of the man who's going to tear down, tear down the barns and build larger barns. Mm. And in that context, the only pronoun he used was I, me, and my. You know, <laughs> he never mentioned the Lord. Uh, and, and that's what boasting does. It takes our eyes off of Jesus and puts our eyes on us. And so this is a needful lesson, and, and it's something that we really need to concern ourselves with. So we, let's go back to some of your key passages that you use. And of course, we, we begin in that First Corinthian passage, where there Paul first introduces this problem in the first chapter, and he says, uh, I hear that some of you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, or I'm of Christ. Or as the ESV says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, I follow Christ. Why does that matter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he mentions that a couple of different times. And any time an inspired apostle brings up the same pitfall more than once in a short span of time in the same letter, we ought to perk up and pay attention. And I think he gives us the why it matters most clearly in First Corinthians 3. He reasons with them that you are not acting like spiritual people. You are acting like people of the flesh. You're, you're living just like everybody else who finds it very easy and tempting to boast according to the flesh. And he brings this back up. You're behaving in a human way when you say, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. Are you not merely being human? Listen to verse 5 especially. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. These men, 
like Paul, like Apollos, like Cephas, were undoubtedly servants of the Lord, and the Lord was using them to accomplish great things. But when the focus shifted from the Lord to them, or I identify as a branch, if you will, of Paul, or a branch of the vine of Apollos, Apollos can't save me. Paul can't nourish me uh, the, the way that the Lord can. He is an instrument, right? But only a servant. We need to boast in the Lord, not in fellow men. And, and where, what they fail to see is that those guys were equal. Yeah. Even though they had different roles, different places in the kingdom, they were equal. So for someone to say, I'm of Apollos, I don't listen to what Paul says because I only follow Paulus. Well, God would not be pleased with that. No. And, you know, we may today have a favorite preacher. Well, that's fine. But we follow Christ. Right. We follow the word of God. And that that's some of the trouble it gets into. So that, so that leads to a, a, a great question that we need to ask concerning this. And that's how does boasting hurt our fellowship? Yeah, well, he develops that throughout 1 Corinthians, right, in a wide variety of ways. In in chapter 5, he talks about them boasting, being arrogant with unresolved sin. There is open rebellion against God, and there wasn't accountability. There, there wasn't the rebuke and the correction that needed to happen there. And Paul says, you are arrogant. And that is the context in which he warns that a little leaven has a tendency to leaven the whole lump, right? We cannot be arrogant when it comes to just sweeping sin under the rug or acting like it's not that big of a deal. He talks later on in the letter about their arrogance, boasting in whatever spiritual gift they might have and stacking up spiritual gifts as one more important than the other. And what you're reading about throughout 1 Corinthians is very real division, right? Division that they were experiencing when it came to their observance of the Lord's Supper, uh, how they treated outsiders, how they looked at each other when they assembled together. It is not the unity of mind. It is not the, uh, to borrow from his letter to the Ephesians, there's one Lord and one faith and one baptism. You're a part of one body. There were all of these cracks, fractures in their fellowship. And if it was not resolved, it could lead to very serious issues. Yeah. And you know, the, the idea of boasting just implies I'm better than you are. Yeah. And, and I love that section of your lesson where <clears throat> you just went through several opposites. Uh, some gone to college, some have not. Some live in big homes, some do not. Some have fine cars in a parking lot. Some are concerned whether the cars even will get them home. I mean, you went through a whole series of, of opposites like that. And, and it reminds us that it's real easy for those who have to feel like they're better yeah. than those who do not have. And what that does is that that leads to a double standard. It, it, it leads to some thinking that I don't have to do this because I'm better than that. Um, and, and that, that just totally destroys all that concept. And, and one of the great passages that just puts us on that level ground is Galatians chapter three, where the apostle says, for you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. 
And there was a big difference between Jews and Greeks. No doubt. There's neither slave nor free man, major difference there. There's neither male nor female. In that culture, that was major. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And I've often thought, you know, we don't, we're not given a, a video or the logistics of actually how they did worship back in the first century. But I've often wondered, can you imagine it's Sunday morning and they're passing the Lord's Supper and here's a master passing the Lord's Supper to a slave. Yeah. And knowing that as soon as services are over, they're going to go home and that slave's going to feed that master because that's his row. But here we're equals. And boasting, boasting destroys that. And, and boasting makes some feel like they're inferior. And, and that's, that's the problem with that. And it really hurts in a lot of different ways. Yeah. If you want a New Testament, just a real short section to read along those lines, I think the letter of Paul to Philemon is a great example. Can you imagine this runaway slave coming back home and in the context now of an assembly of Christians, Philemon, the master, serving the Lord's Supper to Onesimus, the slave. And and yet, that is the dynamic that is being described there in Galatians chapter 3. Roger, I know you've heard it before. I, I, I have not been able to trace the origins of it, but I think one of the great statements that made a, an impression on me many, many, many years ago the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that just what a powerful, powerful idea. Well, and, and, and another expression we use, uh, especially among us preachers, is we're to hide ourselves behind the cross. Yeah. You know, when we preach, you ought to see Jesus, not us. And sometimes uh, we're standing on the wrong side of the cross mm-hmm. because it's, it's too much about us. And so, uh, again, just, just great thoughts along that line. Uh, one of the passages you used was in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, where it talks about uh, being puffed up and being built up. Right. And uh, why don't you read that for us in the ESV? And, and then what's the difference between puffed up and built up? Yeah, yeah. So Paul is addressing a variety of different issues that they have written to him about. And he seems to be pivoting to address a new issue in chapter 8, verse 1. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. It sure does seem like maybe he is quoting there in verse 1 something that they themselves have written. All of us possess knowledge. And probably in the context, uh, he's talking about food offered to idols. Maybe there are some that are reasoning with Paul. Well, this is not that big of a deal. We all know that there is no such thing as an idol. And so we don't understand the big deal if we eat this food that's been sacrificed in a temple. And brother so-and-so has some conscientious objections about that. But we all know. And It's in that context that he warns, well, there is a knowledge that builds up 
and we need to be growing in that knowledge, right? He he references down in verse 6 that there's one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. We need that knowledge, and we need to build ourselves up in that knowledge. But again, when this becomes more about what I know than who the knowledge is about, I have a human tendency to get puffed up in that knowledge. And when I hear that, I think of a puffer fish, right? That's just uh, relatively small swimming around, but then all of a sudden it puffs up into a big ball and it's it's much bigger than it once was, much bigger than it is normally and naturally, right? And what a, a powerful way of depicting human arrogance or or haughtiness. We went back in the sermon and, and spent just a brief moment in Jeremiah chapter 9 where God says through the prophet there, don't boast in what you know, don't boast in what you have. Let the one who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me. God says, that's what I delight in. And as he's helping us grow, that's what he wants us to delight in, not in ourselves and in our own knowledge. And, you know, puffed up sounds like it's just something that's not there. And then build up sounds like something has foundation. Uh, you know, last fall I went skydiving. And <laughs> as soon as I went out of that airplane, we went through a cloud. Well, I couldn't just rest on that cloud. We'd fall right through it, okay? But coming up quickly was the ground. And it was going to smack <laughs> us unless our parachute opened. And so, and so puffed up, there's nothing there. It's just all arrogance. It's all smoke, we might say. You made yourself what you're not. To be built up is built up upon Jesus Christ. I stand upon the scriptures. That is my foundation. I am who I am because of Jesus. And so, so that, you know, there's a big difference between those two concepts. And uh, again, arrogance and the right spirit makes all that difference in that. Yeah. Arrogance tears others down, love builds others up. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, underlining all this lesson is the idea of being humble. Um, we are not to boast in ourselves or to boast in Christ. And ourselves, we are to be humble. The, the first step of discipleship, Jesus said in Luke 9, is to deny yourself. And so sometimes people have a kind of a skewed concept of what humbleness is. Yeah. Um, what's the difference between being humble and having low self-esteem? Because yeah. they're not the same. Yeah. Well, even, even there, low self-esteem, you just listen to that designation that we use. Humility, as I think of that, I think of that in relation to someone else, principally the Lord, right? Our, our tendency is to stack ourselves up according to other human beings. And, and step one in boasting in the best is recognizing, okay, there is a God and I am not him. And he is holy and I am not. And he is worthy and I have blown it in, in so many different ways. And as I come to be pierced to the heart, poor in spirit, in light of those truths, then he helps me 
not only to look at others the way that I should, but to look at myself, right? Low self-esteem perhaps is overlooking the fact that I'm created in his image. Low self-esteem is neglecting to realize God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son for me. Low self-esteem is is saying, well, I'm not worthy to be saved by the the grace of God. And that's that's just not true, right? Low self-esteem is not listening to the news that God is delivering. It is when we get both of those backwards that I'm I'm boasting in myself and I'm I'm judging my worth based on how I stack up to the other human beings, I'm just missing the point altogether. Yeah, you know, boasting's on one one side, and you go past Jerusalem, and the other <laughs> side is going to be low self esteem. Neither one of those is right. Yeah, and and so you know, a person can say, "Well, I don't, I don't boast in myself," but they still could be inaccurate because they have low self esteem. The word humble comes from the Greek word humus or earth, and when we think about that passage used about Luke 18, the two men who went up to pray, uh, the the Publican refused to look to heaven. He bowed himself down. Yeah. That's a lowering himself. Okay. He recognized who was above him. That's humbleness. And that's that's a quality that God wants us to have with that. What else would you add to this discussion here about this? Well, I mean, at its core, um, is the call to deny ourselves, put ourselves in the right place. And I would just conclude with Luke 9, verse 23. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Jesus models for us what it looks like to boast in the best He's calling us to follow in his footsteps. I needed this lesson just as surely as anyone, and I, I've been encouraged by the feedback of many. So I appreciate the opportunity to revisit it with you. It's a good sermon. This is, this is uh, Wednesday night, and we have our classes, and we'd really encourage all of our listeners to come. If you can't come, kind of grab them on our website because it's just a wonderful way to keep walking and growing and becoming as the Lord wants us to be. And so, Jason, what are you teaching tonight? We are wrapping up in our Building Blocks track of studies a little four-part series where we've been exploring who is the Holy Spirit. And we have explored as much as we can in those four weeks, emphasizing that he is a he, not an it. We looked at his work in the life of Jesus, his work in the providing of the Bible. Tonight, we're going to talk about his work in the life of disciples of Jesus. That is something that people always have questions about. We're going to root our discussion in what we actually find in the Bible, and so we would love to have you join us for that study. Roger, you're going to be teaching in the auditorium. Yeah, we're doing a series on expectations. This follows our theme of bringing the best and that God is the best, and so we're going to be talking about what does God expect of a congregation, and that's uh, sometimes something that sometimes people have their own expectation doesn't quite match up. But what is it that God wants a church to do? And we're going to kind of open that door up and go down there. I'll be preaching Sunday morning, and I'm going to be preaching, What Have I Learned from Jesus? 
And again, kind of connecting that we learn from the best, and that's how we become the best. Excellent. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. tonight. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 